Welcome to Simply Financial with your financial coach, Kevin Ray. In today's investing environment, there's a lot of clutter. If you're tired of the talking heads and financial noise, this is the show for you. Today, we'll help you find simple solutions to financial challenges. We'll show you how to achieve your financial goals and get answers to your toughest questions. Simply Financial with Kevin Ray starts now. Oh, we got another great show on tap today. Welcome, everybody. I am Walter Storholt, joined by the very great, healthy, and back in action, Kevin Ray here on Simply Financial. We're going to have some fun today, get to learn a little bit about the financial world, hopefully help you get better educated on the program, but also uh, enjoy just chit-chatting and catching up and uh, having a great weekend together. Kevin, uh, you are recovering from COVID, feeling much better now, and uh, tell us a little about your experience, your journey, and first of all, just welcome back. back. Glad you're healthy. Well, thank you, Walter. Yeah, I am recovering from uh, the COVID. I was down to in Florida, as you know. I like the COVID, by the way. The COVID, the COVID, you know, we're calling it that now. And I was down in Florida to Dave Ramsey's Entree Leadership Program. You and I have talked about that in the past. Great speakers, great time. But there was about 2,600 of us inside this auditorium, inside the big hotel. And a couple of us ended up catching COVID. So it turned into, you know, a little scratchy throat, which turned into a fever, which turned Mm -hmm. into calling a doctor, which turned into a medication called, I think it's called uh, Paxlovid. And that turned turned me around. And not only did I catch it, but unfortunately, I give it to Lynette too. So so she went down the same scenario and the same uh, medication. And that stuff works pretty good as far as I can tell on my end. But I'm back. I'm healthy. I'm not coughing. I'm not wheezing. I feel good, and I'm uh, I'm ready to go. How about you? I'm glad everything worked well for you, and uh, yep, healthy over on this end of things as well. And um, good thing that you, you, you so you got a little bit of a strong case, but it wasn't as bad as maybe people had it at times last year. But definitely a bit kind of eye opening for you to experience it that way. It was because it happened so quickly. It started okay. with a scratchy throat, and then all of a sudden... Boom, just got worse. Boom, boom. Okay. And, uh, you know, and that's exactly what I thought, is that, you know, the people, when it originally came out, was a, sounds like a much more severe strain. So I'm thankful that I, I didn't go down that road, and I got this strain uh, because it was easily, so far, I should, should knock on wood, it was easily taken care of by the new medication they got out. So That's good. Um, you don't feel like it's lingering too badly or anything like that? No. Okay. No, I'm feeling I'm feeling pretty pretty good, and uh, you know there for a while I was like oh, I think uh, uh, I think I need another day, but I think those days are done. I'm, I'm coming I'm back to the office now. Let's just put it that way. So fantastic, that is great to hear. Uh, on today's show, we've got lots of good things to talk about. In addition to uh, Kevin recovering from uh, COVID and those kinds of things, you know Ukraine obviously has been in the news for quite a while, so we might touch a little bit on the situation there and how it could impact your retirement here. We'll talk about what wisdom, conventional wisdom, looks like in the financial world. Maybe look at some headlines as well. All that and more on the way on today's show. And we always try to squeeze in a question from our listener as well. Uh, if you have any questions for Kevin as we go through the program, feel free to reach out, 888-885-PLAN. Kevin has uh, complimentary visits with folks throughout the area to go over their financial plants and uh, retirement dreams and uh, see how you might be able to improve your situation going forward. You can get that complimentary review and uh, an initial phone call. Just have a conversation about where you are by calling 888-885-PLAN or again, always online at insightfolios.com. 
www.thepowerofpositivity.com. Before we dive into all of that stuff, Kevin, uh, tell us a little bit more about the program. Not the fact that you got COVID from it, but the, uh, you know, Dave Ramsey, uh, if anyone's ever listened to his program, you have probably heard him talk about entree leadership, where you can go and learn about what I guess leadership skills and management training, but then also, you know, all sorts of other stuff. And you went and attended the one down in Orlando. Tell us a little bit about what you learned there and how exciting it was. It was very, you know, I was going in with, you know, some sort of reservations because I wasn't for sure. But Paul you, 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 you were a skeptic. You were a I skeptic. was somewhat of a skeptic, yeah, right? But okay. and, and there was no talk of financial advice. It was all about being a better leader, being a better person, very good, good Christian organization, lots of prayers um, and those types of things. But some of the some of the speakers were Nick Saban, you know, um, Jay Leno, you know, Jacko, the, the famous seal. A lady named Jade, who was fantastic, and some other people that I haven't heard of. And I just took away so many great ideas from there, so many great things that I can implement in my own personal life, just so I can be, become a better person and better leader, that Paul and our entire group, we paid for again next year. We paid in full. So we enjoyed it that much. It was it was two and a half days, packed full of great information, packed full of great stuff. And the logistics, uh, Walter, that he put together... To give you an example, he rented out, there was 20, about 2,600 people that was at this meeting. He rented out the entire Universal Studios for us. And the schedule to get 2,600 people there, the buses were going and coming. The whole three days, two and a half days, was everything was on time. Logistically speaking, he knew what he had to do. He had a great plan. He had a great team. And boy, did he implement it. And then everybody walked out of there more enthused than when they walked in with a lot more ideas too so for anybody that's contemplating on going i'm not you know i don't promote very many things here but i surely promote that uh, entree leadership program because it's a great thing that he does that's awesome uh thank you for sharing your experience with it and uh yeah it's not just for financial advisors anybody could go to that right so no it was it was pe- there was a there was a 17 year old kid there that really sold, wow. that sold some sort of like cards i forget what they were but he made three million dollars a year oh my gosh he was the youngest one that they that they talked about there was people all across the spectrum there was construction people there was anybody that wanted to improve themselves they were there and they told great stories that's fantastic neat to get that diverse gathering of people in one place from all sorts of different walks of life and all trying to make themselves better and uh you know sharing that experience that is really really neat so Very cool. Thanks for sharing that with us once again, Kevin. Let's dive into some financial talk and conversation on the show today. I don't know a great way to make this uh, transition because it's been full of positivity. And now we turn the page to talking about Ukraine. Uh But uh, it was, you know, kind of in the it's been in the news. It was in the news even more this week. Some, you know, bigger headlines coming across about the war. Um, you know, there's been a little bit of progress made by Russia, at least it seems some of the recent reports. But at the same time, I think we could all agree that uh, Putin's war efforts in Ukraine haven't been nearly as easy as maybe he probably expected, quite the fight being put up by the Ukrainians. So I want to examine with you some of the reasons that it's been tough for the Russians. And then also we can apply some of those lessons to our retirement planning. You game for this? I think I am. I think let's let's try it anyway. All right. So first of all, know the mission is sort of reason number one. So if you're fighting for the Russian army, your mission isn't exactly clear, right? We've been hearing a lot of that focus where people don't really know 
within the army, what they're doing. You know, are you supposed to just claim territory with minimal casualties, or do you want to kill as many of the opposition as possible, or is it something else? However, if you're on the other hand, you know, if you're fighting for Ukraine, eh, the mission's pretty clear, right? Protect your homeland, get the Russians out of there, and your chances of success improve greatly when your mission is simple and clear like this. Where do you see the retirement planning connection? Ooh, that's a, that's a tough one, isn't it? Yes. But in, in retirement planning, when we're talking about you know Ukraine, you're right. They definitely have a mission in, in place. They're fighting for their home country. And every great doing, what is there, Walter? When we, we talk about it every week, what is there? In, no every, matter what, in every great thing that you're about to accomplish, you're trying to accomplish, there's always a... There's always a count, counteracting force? Counteract, well, a plan, right? Okay. Oh, a plan. Yeah, okay. A plan. Oh, right. oh, I'm sorry. You just sailed yeah. right over me there, Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> a, a plan. I was waking up way too complicated. Yes, yeah. you got to have a plan. plan. You got to right. have a plan. Um, the phone number, 888-885-PLAN. plan. That should have been obvious, yes. There, there you go. So if our listeners are out there, and we can correlate these two, your mission is to establish a plan going into retirement, because we're talking about retirement planning, and that plan needs to adjust as time goes on. A couple of things that the plan should be, you know, have, have in, in place for you. It's got to be clear. It's got to be doable. It has to give you the confidence going into retirement. And three things that it must do, no, no matter what plan you're doing, you're going to have to have these three things incorporated in that plan. Number one, it has to out, outpace inflation. And we know today, Walter, our gas is $5.15 here in Michigan. I know, it's crazy. And it was just a buck something here, what, two or three years ago. So I, that's inflation. I finally hit the $100 mark on filling up the Tahoe this week. Yeah, well, I did too in my Dodge truck. Yeah. So It was, it was so, $100.41. I was like, oh, man. So we know inflation is there. All we have to do is go to the grocery store, the gas pumps, or whatever. So we have to plan for that. If you're not planning for inflation going into retirement and you need $50,000 in income, I promise you that $50,000, you are going to need a lot more 10 years from now than what you do now. Just with the simple adjustment of inflation of 2.3%. Now, we're not talking about today's inflation, which is way, way higher than that. Number two, you have to plan for life events. Life events are always going to come down the road. You know, maybe you get sick. Maybe you go to the nursing home. Maybe you are going on a around the world trip or whatever it is. We have to set these. We have to set these in your plan, and we have to plan for them. And number three, we want to plan for as little taxes as possible. Now, we all pay our fair share. We think we do, but we don't want to pay any more than our fair share. You know, your hard saved dollars for, is going to have to take care of you the rest of your life. There's going to be a shortfall there. And the shortfall is what you need up and above your Social Security and your pension. That's called your shortfall. And those hard saved dollars that you save for maybe 20, 30, 40 years are going to have to have a clear plan and how they're going to take care of you the rest of your life. So I think the mission here is sit down, talk to an advisor, and get that plan started. And then make sure you incorporate all the things we just talked about into that plan because those things have to be planned for and they have to be solved. Good points, Kevin. All right, another lesson from the Ukrainian war. Don't just listen to what you want to hear. So the uh, war connection is in a regime like Russia 
there's not much incentive for military officers to share bad news, right? Because you're much more likely to get promoted or even listened to if you're telling Putin good things, you know, the things that he wants to hear. Only hearing good news perhaps made Putin overconfident in his military's capabilities heading into the conflict and reality's only really bearing out, you know, when the action starts to take place. You can see how that could set you up for failure if you're only hearing things that you want to hear. Ooh, Kevin, I can I can already see this one telegraphed where you're going to take it in the retirement planning example. Well, number one, do you want to really tell Putin bad news? Because we know it probably would yeah, happen. Yeah, right? Right, well, that's right. the that's the that, that's saying the quiet part out loud, Kevin. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, well, let's let's relate it to retirement planning then. So when I sit down with somebody and I put a, a retirement plan together. This plan is going to show you living for at least 30 years. Why? Because the chances of you being here or your spouse are pretty doggone good. And over those 30 years, Walter, do you think, so if you're going to retire today, let's make you 60 years old today and you live to 90. Do you think the next 30 years is going to be some bad news? Oh, just a little bit. Yeah. A little bit, I'm sure we'll encounter some. Mm -hmm. If we look back the last 30 years, what comes to mind for you? Oh, we've got 9-11, uh, yep. 2008 financial crisis, um, a little thing called COVID. Those are just three items. Three, right? Yeah. Dot-com bust for all of those things. The, the key here is no one knows what the future holds, but we know that there's going to be some sort of setbacks going down the road. There always are. Your advisor has to be there in good and bad times, especially in the bad times. It's easy for somebody, you know, to have an advisor. Things are going good like they've been for the last couple of years. And then, you know, all of a sudden things are turning. The COVID's coming back. We see the market getting shaky and your confidence is going down. And that advisor is not telling you to prepare. That advisor is not sharing the bad news that he or she is coming about reading and looking and learning about. One of those decisions is going to help you through bad times, and that's going to help you make smart financial decisions. Where are you at? That advisor is there for that particular reason. We need to set you down. We need to get you a plan. We need to help you make smart financial decisions in good and bad times. In retirement planning, it's important to find an advisor who's willing to share both the good news and the bad news. Some advisors are going to shy away from the bad news because they think that if they share bad news with you, you may start looking for another advisor in this particular case. Find an advisor you can work with. Find an advisor that's going to be there through the good and bad times. Find an advisor that can adapt their planning going further uh, down the road because things are going to change. We're already seeing interest rates come up, uh, Walter, here in a, you know, half a point in the last uh, month or so. Sure. We know that interest rates are going up. So therefore, we know CDs probably will start paying more. But on the other hand, interest rates are going up. That tends to affect the stock market. Those are things you should need. To, you should be hearing from your advisor going forward. And I think that's key to keep in constant contact with your advisor. Review your plan. Go forward. Stay diversified. All the things that you know you should do. And hang in there because, and stay in tune with your plan. Don't try to you know adjust it too much. You, you have to adjust it some. But don't go way outside the boundaries and try to come back in. Great points all around there, Kevin. Let's do one more here. Um, and it's the lesson that attacking is harder than defending. So we see that in combat. You know, it's a much easier way to go about it, to defend territory than it is to attack that same territory. And I think this is even true at the most basic level, um, because if you've done any sort of like uh, research on this kind of stuff or listened to military experts, 
you know, they'll say that on average, it takes nine to 10 armed attackers to overtake just one person defending a home or building uh, if the defender is armed similarly to the attackers, of course. So Ukrainians defending their home turf automatically kind of have this advantage by being in defense mode than having to be the ones doing the attacking. Right, right. What do you think the correlation here is to financial planning? Well, I think it's like, um, you know, when we're younger, we're probably on offense a lot more, right? We're being more aggressive. We're trying to, you know, attack by saving and investing and getting gains and those kinds of things. But we have to sort of shift to maybe safer strategies. We're more into a defensive mode as we get older. Yeah, yeah, you you hit it right on the head. You've been you've been reading my mind as you've been talking. Been, there, been listening yeah. really well to so, you. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, there's going to be a mind shift. That's what you just said, right? Yep. For some, so when you're 20 years old, maybe you're all in. You're as aggressive as you can be, and in your 30, you stay aggressive. 40, 50, you stay aggressive. Well, there comes a time when the mind shift comes along. You're getting closer to retirement. You need to step back and you need to reassess. When you retire, the need for growth probably is not going to be as prevalent as you think. Growth will follow, but you shouldn't be all in on stocks, let's say, when you're 60 years old and you're, and you're taking the aggressive approach. The mind shift comes, I need income now. I no longer have a paycheck from employment. The paychecks I'm going to receive for the rest of my life is going to be supplemented by those hard-earned dollars that you've saved for the last 20 or 30 years. So being aggressive at that time may not be the opportune thing to do. Being more uh, conservative um, in your approach to retirement, because now that has to last for the next 20 or 30 years with no income coming in other than what your, your Social Security, your pensions, and what your investments are going to provide. They're going to have to fill your shortfall for a long time. So getting, def- you know, most people, uh, Walter, when they come into the office, you're getting closer to retirement, they realize, that, hey, I think I'm way out there a little bit too far as far as risk goes. And I think I probably should bring some back in because now I'm not going to have a paycheck coming in. And that's where the conversation starts. If that's you and you're thinking, hey, I may be out there a little bit and you want to know for sure, it starts with the planning process. When you come in, we look at your shortfall. We look at what kind of investments will fill that shortfall. And that will determine the amount of risk that you probably should be looking at taking. So if that's you, pick up the phone, give us a call. I mean, it's not hard to figure this stuff out. And you will be going into more of the defensive mode as you're entering into retirement. Most people do then the, you know, the aggressive mode. Again, that number to call if you've got questions for Kevin. Want to talk about some of these lessons that we've discussed so far on the show today. Interesting to make these correlations and uh, kind of extend this conversation to something that we see happening uh, you know, on a global stage, but affects our individual retirement planning if we take some of the lessons learned here. Uh, if you want to set up that time to meet for a complimentary review with Kevin uh, about your financial plan, you can do that at 888-885-PLAN. That's 888-885-7526. Or you can go to insightfolios.com, click the listen button to ask questions and get more information as well. But the easiest ways to pick up the phone, give Kevin a call today. If you get the voicemail, leave a quick note. Kevin will be able to follow up with you and get you on the calendar. 888-885-PLAN. That's the number, 888-885-7526. More coming up on today's show. Thanks so much for listening to Simply Financial. More on the way with Kevin Ray. No need to complicate it. This is Simply Financial. Thanks for joining us on Simply Financial today with Kevin Ray. I'm Walter Storholt, and you can find out more information about the show, listen to past episodes, ask questions, and even get 
a uh, Simplicity Express plan, like a mini, mini financial plan, if you go to insightfolios.com. Again, that's www.insightfolios.com. Look for the listen button. Lots of good information there on the site. Go check it out today. If you want more information similar to what you hear on the show, but in a different form, check out the website, insightfolios.com. Kevin, in your three decades of experience as a financial planner, I'm sure you've picked up some you know, conventional wisdom along the way. Although they say that conventional wisdom isn't always so wise. <laughs> We're going to discuss a few examples where financial conventional wisdom might actually lead you astray if you're not careful. Um, so we've got actually, uh, how many do we have here, Kevin? We've got four points to make on this portion of the program. I think this will be interesting. There's kind of this conventional wisdom out there, um, and, and we're going to get specific on this part of the program. Uh, first, we're, we're going to dive into mortgage and um, you know, kind of real estate world. And there's this conventional wisdom that you can't go wrong with real estate. Have you had uh, a lot of people come in kind of believing that a little bit? And, and maybe they've had success with real estate investing as well. I have had people come in, but this was prior to 2008. Do you remember what happened in 2008? Yeah, all the homes lost, uh, all the home lost a, a lot of value. value. Yeah. Yep, yep. If owning real estate was easy, Walter, wouldn't everybody be doing it? Well, sure, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, in, investing in it, for sure. Right. Right now, there seems to be, what, a shortage of houses out there. What has that done? It's driven real estate prices crazy in some areas. You know, my Aunt Carol, who lives in Gladwin, sold her house, and she was looking for another house. She's downsized. Took probably six months to find a house, because once they became on the market, you know what happened. Just sat there, right? No. Once the house became on the market right now. Oh, they, oh, it sold right away. It sold right <laughs> away. In fact, there's a bidding war in a lot of things. Yeah. So if you ask, you know, $100,000 for a house, that may have went for 120 by the time you were, you were done going through that process. So right now, it seems like it's very easy to do. You can't go wrong. If you buy a real estate, it seems like you're going to make a bunch of money. But as we've noticed back in 2008, when the bubble burst, people lost lots of money. So there's nothing wrong with owning real estate. And when, how, when people come to my office, what we'll typically do is we'll, we'll buy maybe an ETF that owns real estate. So you don't own one property, you own lots of properties. And then you're going to diversify out a little bit. But I typically don't go any more than 5 or 10% of your investments into real estate just because, you know, that's it's one egg in one basket, let's say. And if real estate goes through another bus like we did in 2008, we don't want everything going down. We don't want everything going south. And the real estate can be, you know, very profitable for people. There's people like Grant Cardone, you know, President Trump, we all know about him. And other things like that. But you have to be very careful. You have to have the right temperament. You have to be, you know, you have to, sometimes you have to be handy. You have to, you know, bank connections and all these other things that come along. And you can make it or you can lose it uh, really quickly in there. So owning a little bit of real estate, I think, is, is good for most people. And I think it's better for most people. If you look at like an ETF where you can buy maybe, you know, 20 to 50 different real estates under the umbrella of that ETF versus trying to do it yourself and figure it out as you go. It's that whole uh, you can't go wrong with real estate that is the misnomer. Like you, right. you can, you can go wrong with real you estate. You can go wrong, so. and we we just seen it a few years ago. Yep, yeah. exactly. Uh, sticking a little bit into that, uh, you know, real estate world, but more on the financing side. There is good debt and bad debt, and mortgage is a good debt. Uh, we want 
mortgage debt. And I think almost anyone would agree that mortgage is more attractive than credit card debt or a car loan. But where is maybe that conventional wisdom a little too loose? Well, debt is what? Debt. You owe somebody, right? Debt, that's still debt, yeah. Let's slave, take a look. Slave to the lender, right? Yeah, yeah. Slave to the lender. Let me pull pull something up here because I knew we were going to talk about this. I and because I just had a client that come in and they just bought a two hundred fifty thousand dollar house, Walter. So I'm going to I'm not going to ask you some math questions, but you don't got to figure them out. Okay, okay? thank you. So they put down twenty five thousand. So they financed two hundred twenty five thousand dollars. They did it over thirty years. Their interest rate is a little over four percent. So if they paid off between here and thirty years, now we're going to look at just the more, just the interest that they paid. What do you think that now? That interest rate. Then it's probably four or five percent now, right? Or maybe over five. Yep, it's four. Oh, oh, okay. But, but if they pay it off over thirty years, excuse me, what do you think the total interest paid is going to be? Oh gosh, on a two hundred and seven fifty thousand dollar loan. Two twenty five. Two twenty five. Yep. Uh, oh, probably another what? Uh, Seventy five hundred thousand dollars. Three hundred and five thousand. Whoa. Okay. So there's, there, you know, debt is. You know, people say there's nothing wrong with mortgage debt. Yeah. But we add 305 on the 225. You can see that's a lot of money over that. No kidding. Time, yeah. Right. Right. So total home insurance. How much do you think you paid just in home insurance over that over those same 30 years? Oh, my gosh. Um, we're, we're probably getting close to 100,000. Yeah. 30,000 for they're figuring about $83 a month. Okay. So your payment is going to be about $24,249 per year. So that's how you came up with these numbers, or I came up with these numbers. So when we're looking at mortgage as good debt, bad debt, well, we typically all have a mortgage. But if we can go into that and save that 305000 we can save some portion of that interest going down the road. We talked about Dave Ramsey a little bit. He's a big proponent of paying off mortgage debt if you can. And there's a reason, and I, I, I agree with that, because we can save hundreds of thousands of dollars if we go about this right. So good debt, bad debt. To me, debt is debt. Um, I would much rather have mortgage debt, as you said, Walter, than credit card debt because we're building equity in something. We own something. We're, with the credit card, we typically don't own, own anything. But I'd be careful going down that misnomer of, you know, all debt or mortgage debt is good because some cases it's it just isn't so. Yeah, that doesn't mean go load up on it, right? Right, right. Yeah. yeah. Good, good way to put it. All right, uh, another good one here. Conventional wisdom, not always so wise. Uh, another good one here would be retirement is a chance to relax after an exhausting career. Well, what's wrong with that? I thought that was the whole point of uh, retirement, right? <laughs> well, you would think that, right? Does that sound, you have a ways to go, uh, Walter, in retirement. Does that sound something like you're going to do when you're retired? Well, I mean, it sounds attractive. Yeah, sure. Yeah, Re- yeah. Relaxing. I mean, I mean, I think my, my parents kind of view it that way. Certainly my mom, uh, you know, a bit, bit of a workaholic, and she's really excited to get to the end of her working career and just, you know, relax. Yep. Well, I, can, I have, every year I have lots of clients that retire. And almost without exception, once they retire, they're going to be busier than when they worked. Why? Why do you think that is, Walter? They may just start getting into, if I guess if you're not having to work anymore, you might get into more hobbies, maybe yeah. uh, volunteering and then doing things that you're passionate about doing with your day. Yeah, your purpose has changed. Exactly what you just said. I have people who you know get more involved in church, uh, people who help the neighbors, people who get more involved with their grandkids, people who do all sorts of things. So typically when we find somebody that retires, they have this kind of notion, well, I'm going to be able to relax. 
in sorts, it is relaxing because you're doing something you want to do now. You are the boss of your time now. That's the big difference. You're the boss of your time. Before, somebody else was the boss of your time at least 8, 10 hours a day. But now you are the boss of your time. So you can pick and choose the things you want to do. When my dad retired, he was 52 years old. And he said, what are you going to do, dad? He said, I'm going to wear out this lazy board chair. Well, I can tell you after 20 some odd years, he still has, or 30 some odd years, he still hasn't wore out that lazy board chair. He's never home. He's always busy. He's always on the go. So chances of relaxing, yeah, you're going to relax just in a different way, but you're still going to be busy. You still have to have a purpose in life. For the most successful retirees that I see, they have a purpose. You just can't sit in that chair and watch TV and look out the window hoping life's going to come to you. So all my successful retirees have one thing in common. They found their purpose, whether it be going to church, volunteering, visiting grandkids, whatever it happens to be, they found a new purpose. So for you going into retirement, when we sit down and we do that planning exercise, we're going to also figure out what's your, what's your purpose going to be because we have to build that plan around that purpose. Great points all around. Again, if you need help building your financial plan, you can reach out to Kevin Ray at any time by calling 888-885-PLAN. That's 888-885-7526. He is your financial coach at Insight Folios, serving you all throughout the Tri-City area and beyond. 888-885-PLAN is the number. That's 888-885-PLAN. All right, uh, one more example here. Conventional wisdom, not so wise, or at least not always so wise. If your investments aren't currently doing well, well, go try something else. I mean, that sounds logical, right? Because doing the same thing over and over, uh, you know, kind of without any success is the definition of insanity. Insanity, right? yeah, yeah. So, yeah, what, where's the illogical thinking there? According to Morningstar, investors on average lose 2.5% of their wealth every year trying to do something else. Because trying something else often involves what, Walter? Uh, well, changing, selling, risk. Trying to time the market. Timing, yeah. Mm-hmm. We, we, know, we know that typically doesn't work. So if you're on that end, and if you look at asset classes, Ibison's got a nice chart out there too, and they'll show you what asset class you know, came in. Number one, you, you own that, you did the best, down to the worst. And when you look at that chart, large cap value may be, have done well this year and small cap may have done well last year year before maybe bonds maybe gold whatever it is but what we notice is that over that chart is that it doesn't typically you know large cap value doesn't lead you know all investments every single year it comes back and forth it's either between one and ten in this case but what we know if we own a little bit of everything and we get diversification that takes a lot of that roller coaster ride so when we're looking at trying something different, it's not necessarily trying something different. It's making sure that your portfolio is diversified. It's on track. It's producing the income that you're going to need for the next 20, 30 years. It's doing all the things that you're going to need over a longer period of time. And we we say it week in and week out. Investing is a long-term um, deal. So just because one class or one investment isn't working now doesn't mean it won't work six months from now. It doesn't mean it won't work a year from now. But um, it does mean over time that these investments are probably going to do probably going to do what you need them to do. The key is stay diversified, stay the course, have a plan, adjust as you go, but don't be trying to do something else. Don't be, because by the time you hear about the latest greatest investment, it's usually too late. And if you're going to go from one investment to that, trying to beat it, you're usually behind the curve. And that's where it, Morningstar saying that the average investor loses two percent of their wealth every year. You know, trying to do something else. 
Good points there, Kevin. And I think it is uh, wise to kind of recognize that if you don't have a plan in place, you just see that there's so many different ways you can get tripped up when it comes to retirement planning. So if you need some help putting that plan together, give Kevin a call. Once again, that number is 888-885-PLAN. That's 888-885-PLAN. He can help you go through a review of your situation, make suggestions, uh, tweaks, changes to your plan to make sure you're on the right track. Again, pick up the phone, give him a shout at 888-885-PLAN, 888-885-7526. More on the way on today's show. You're listening to Simply Financial with Kevin Ray. Stay tuned. It's getting to know you time. Time to get to know Kevin Ray a little bit better on today's program. My question of the week for you, Kevin, what's the first thing you do after getting home from work? Ooh, well, that's pretty easy. I usually walk in and I get in some comfortable clothes. Now, this time of year, it's going to be shorts and a short sleeve shirt. I'm typically going to go out on the deck and enjoy the weather, maybe go for a little walk. And I really, really enjoy that when I get home from work, just unwinding, if that makes sense. How about you? Yeah, I think everybody's got that uh, that need to unwind a little bit. Um, I guess the first thing I do, well, one, I kind of work from home, so it sort of has changed the whole getting home from work thing. So I don't know. I guess if I'm coming, if on days when I'm out and about and I come home from work, I, I suppose I take the dogs out and I stand in the backyard, maybe uh, scoop some leaves or debris out of the pool and just kind of enjoy the scene in the background, in the backyard, watch the dogs run around. I guess that's sort of my, my, my routine of getting home from work. But honestly, it's more uh, running to the gym really quickly. So typically I'll try and time the end of my workday to the beginning of uh, a workout class at the gym. And so I'll, I'll probably end my workday by throwing my shoes on, uh, my, my workout shoes and my gym shorts. Uh, okay, let's be honest. I work from home, so they're already on. Um, <laughs> and then I uh, I zip over to the to the gym and get my workout in. So that kind of be how I unwind and how I get home from work is actually probably heading to the gym. Well, let's give everybody an update because I have everybody asking me how much weight are you down now. So we're we're just sort of in maintenance mode at the moment. Okay. So we're we're hovering around the one hundred and ten pound mark, give or take that's, a few here and there. But I've been getting a lot faster and stronger. So I think there's still been changes. But, you know, the whole like replacing fat with muscle thing and muscle weighs more. So I think I'm 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 feeling good about things. Well, I congratulate you because when I had when I was going through the covid experience, I worked from home. And the refrigerator is only a few feet away. Oh, yeah. So, so it seemed pretty easy. I, you know, I didn't put on any weight. The I'll, secret I'll, is just let the just, keep the refrigerator empty. <laughs> yes, and that's what it was because nobody went to the store, so there wasn't much food there. But yep. if I worked at home, I think I'd be a lot more tempted <laughs> yep, definitely. Than, what, than, what I, than what I currently am. So, But congrats for you. The, the good news is keeping it off. So um, yes. not, not adding it back on, which is definitely, you know, and I, I, I know I'm not going to add it back on because I'm like, ah, I did not go through all this hard work to just go right back to where it was before. So, uh, how many how many months now have we been working on it? So it's uh, we're basically at the one year mark, you know, Good give or t- give or take a couple of weeks. So, yeah. 
th- this this calendar year has been more about um, getting better athletically. I've been running a lot more, lifting heavier, those kinds of things. Um, so my athleticism has really increased this year. It's taken a lot of physical therapy appointments to uh, to, to get me back to the, you know in, into that shape and to be able to running as hard as I'm running. But uh, you know it works out well. They're they're keeping the body stitched together at this point. But uh, no, it's been it's been great. Been a fun journey this last year for sure. So if we go, let's say we went fishing in a grizzly bear, I should be afraid now because in the past I could outrun you, but now I'm I'm the one that's the bear is coming after is what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. I'll I'll leave you in the dust. No <laughs> no doubt about it. Uh, uh, good for you. Good for you. Yeah. Although I I may have fared better in a in encounter with a grizzly bear because I was almost the size of a bear first, you know, previously. So <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> now 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 I'm not. Now I'm outnumbered by a bear. No, uh-huh. d- just kidding. I I wouldn't want to take on a bear at any size. I don't think. Especially not no. especially not a grizzly. No. Well, our, you know, we go to Montana every year, and the owner of the guide shop that we go with last year got attacked by a grizzly. Oh, man. Right in the spring. Put him in the hospital for a few days. Now, he said his friend. Now, I want to give you the definition of what his friend is, right? His friend charged a grizzly being unarmed. Whoa. To get him off him. Now, that is a good friend. I don't that is a good friend. Are. That's that's a good friend. Yeah. And uh, he did he did do his job. He got him off him, and uh, he spent, I think it was about four or five days in the hospital, but he came out pretty good. Wow. I wonder if, I mean, that, I guess that could be an effective strategy, right? Like a bear is going to be more one-on-one with somebody, but if you if they get attacked from another one, like maybe they're more likely to run at that point? I don't know. I, I, don't, I, don't, I didn't hear the whole story. I heard a little bit of it, but... I just know the definition of a friend now. Wow, no kidding. My goodness, that is awesome. Well, on that note, let's uh, turn our page back to some financial talk. We'll try to answer one of our listener questions when we come back. Stay with us here on Simply Financial with Kevin Ray. Let's see what people are saying about those other financial guys out there. I wish you could just shut your big yapper. Ooh, looks like you'd better stick with us. Before we wrap up for the week with Kevin Ray here on Simply Financial, uh, we want to get to one of our listener questions. If you've got a question that you want featured on a future show, email Kevin. It's Kevin at insightfolios.com. We've got a question here from Cade, and Cade says, I just found out that I have a pension from an old job that I didn't even realize that I had. Nice surprise, although a little embarrassing that I didn't know about it. I'm told I can either take it as a lump sum or as a monthly payment, which is better. Well, okay, that's a good surprise. How how would you like to find something like that, Walter? I'll take it. Yeah, I'll take it too. I'll take it. Well, Cade, to answer your question, there's lots of variables that go into this. Now, we have this occasionally from time to time, so you're not you're not in the boat all by yourself. Some we just had a couple come in uh, maybe two three weeks ago, same situation. Found out they had a pension and didn't realize it, and we had to go through the same scenario that you're doing. Do we take a lump sum or do we take the monthly payment? And there's a couple of ways to figure that out. First, what is your monthly payment versus the lump sum? There's going to be what's called a payout ratio. The company that you have the pension fund uh, is going to you know, give you those figures. In order to figure that out, you start with the planning process. We put it in both ways. If you take the pension, we put it in the, in the simplicity plan, and it will show you know the pension going in, your Social Security, how much income you need, and what the shortfall is. If we take a lump sum, it won't show the pension, but it'll show your Social Security and what your income is, and you're still going to have a shortfall. And then from there, what we're going to do is we're going to say, all right, if we took the lump sum, what can we get? 
as far as you know return on investments or those types of things and we're going to look at it a couple of ways number one is if we can do better than what the pension is doing well that's pretty much a no-brainer number two is if we can't we have to look a little further down the road and what i mean by that is once you take that pension once you take that you know that monthly sum you cannot change it so let's say that you you know you have it for five years and god forbid you're gone well that pension's gone so on the other hand, if you took the lump sum, that lump sum is going to go on to somebody. So the only way to figure this out, Kate, is to do a personalized comprehensive plan incorporating what you want to do in retirement, and we can run it both ways for you. We can show taking a lump sum, we can show taking the monthly income, and we can show you the break-even point for doing either or of that going into that simplicity plan. So, Kay, to answer your question, give us a call. Come on in. We'd love to sit down because this is what I love to do. I love sitting down, figuring these things out, putting together that income plan and coming out with a plan that's in your best interest because that's what we need to do, in your best interest, and give you the facts, you know, lump sum versus monthly payment. I hope that answers your question. It's a great question. And if you have a similar question for Kevin, something related to retirement planning, your finances, investing, saving, he's happy to chat through that with you. He is your financial coach at Insight Folios. Based out of Pinconning, you can give him a call at 888-885-PLAN and set up that time to chat. That's 888-885-7526. Uh, your number to call if you've got any questions at all and want to get better financially and in your retirement plan. 888-885-PLAN. That's 888-885-7526. And always online at insightfolios.com. Uh, Kevin, thanks for all the help this week. Had a lot of fun with you, my friend, and uh, we'll do it again next weekend. See you next week, Walter. All right. Have a good week, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time on Simply Financial with Kevin Ray. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered through Insight Folios, Inc., a registered investment advisor. The firm only transacts business in states where it is properly registered or is excluded or exempted from registration requirements. Insurance products and services are offered through individually licensed and appointed agents in various jurisdictions. Insight Folios, Inc. does not offer legal or tax advice. Kevin Ray is an investment advisor representative of Insight Folios, Inc.